1: Well, uh, indeed, God is good. I, I, remember, I remember back in the days uh, when I used to work in radio. Uh, I used to work in radio back in the days, that's right. People said, Kevin, you've got a face for radio. <laughs> and I was a DJ for a believing station and... Uh, and I worked, oftentimes I worked on weekends, uh, and, and when I worked uh, on these weekends, it was technically when the office was closed, but you know, radio stations, they're 24-7, obviously, and so they, they continue to operate uh, no matter what, but the office is closed. And so typically, oftentimes when I work on the radio uh, on the weekends as the DJ, I was oftentimes the only person in the office, there's usually nobody else around, for my whole shift while I was there, playing all the music and stuff, and uh, sometimes Rebitson would, would come over, and Rebitson will remember that one of the things I enjoyed most when I was DJing on the weekend in radio, one of the things I really loved doing was, I, I, I would cue up a, a whole set of music, and I would I would pick a lot of my favorite Songs and worship music, uh, and and I'd get them all ready, and I'd cue them all up, and have them ready, and then I'd start the thing, and then I would turn the, in the studio. There uh, we had these speakers, and uh, I, I would turn them up to eleven, uh, and <laughs> and I would just sit back, and I would enjoy. Uh, it, it was like at my own worship concert right there in the radio studio, and wow, it was so much fun. It was just a delight, and believe me, they had great speakers. It's a radio station, you know, They sound is so important. These speakers could absolutely, I probably, you know, I, we, my family has wondered if I've had some hearing loss. Uh, it could be because of my worship concerts in the radio studio. I don't know. I turned these speakers were boom. They were so loud, and I would just. I, I remember many, many, many times I'd be playing this great, you know, from Petra to the Second Chapter of Acts. I mean, I, I, I would just line up some of my faves, and I'd just start playing. And I'd be there, and I'd be just worshiping. And sometimes I'd be, you know, air drumming and just having a lot of fun. And Uh, And it would just be such a great experience. It was a little awkward every once in a while when the general manager happened to stop by unannounced. Uh, It'd come in and I'm just like, (laughs) that's my DJ? What's going on here? You know, I was very young. But uh, but he was understanding, and uh, it was just so much fun. It, it, it actually felt at times unreal that they were paying me to do this. I was just enjoying myself so much, just complete joy. You know, it was just like moments. You, there are times in your life, you know this, when you just reflect on, uh, on, on times and moments and periods of time. It might even be months. It might be years. It could be just a moment in time where you just really enjoyed something so simple and just being a... You know what? That, that was actually one of those moments that we just had right there with the worship team uh, as they were worshiping HaMelech, the King, the Lord of all. What a blessing it is. And and when you experience that, you, you, you're you almost just like uh, like transported. I don't mean in some kind of weird way, but you're just like you're just, you're full, uh, you know, you're full inside, you know what I mean? You're just, there's just this joy and there's this uh, fullness, uh, if you will. Mm. I think about that, and there are those times that we have in life, which, which you know, uh, also help compensate, if you will, from some of the more challenging times, but you know what I'm talking about. I really believe that my message today is going to help remove some stress from some of your lives, somebody say amen. amen. I already know. I don't even have to ask. Who here needs a little less stress in their life? Hey, every hand's going up. Oh, uh, yeah, we're all in there. Okay. I understand. Of course, everybody needs less stress. I totally get that. But in order to do so, you really have to internalize the point, and it's not easy. Okay, let's start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to turn in the Scripture to a couple different passages. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Bavaka Shah, and let's hear some of what's said here as an exhortation to us about something that we needed to do as we look at others, and some others in particular. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, says this. It says, uh, now we ask you, he's talking to the believers, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to recognize those who work hard among you and are over you in the Lord and correct you, and to esteem them beyond all measure in love because of their work. Keep shalom among yourselves. Now, obviously, what this means is that you really need to recognize me. That's right. You need to recognize me. No, 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 that's not. Listen, I get enough attention. Uh, But what it is clear, though, is that God places a high premium on hard work. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on it, but it specifically says, hey, recognize who work hard among you uh, and esteem them because of their work. It's interesting Uh, It it says, it also says in the scripture that those who work hard are worthy of honor. Hard work. Robert's a hard worker. You know what? Hard work is a biblical spiritual principle. Fair enough. In fact, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I've, I've, I've probably given multiple messages and probably will give messages in the future on the importance of hard work. There can be no doubt that God wants for us to work hard, both for his kingdom and in our personal lives and in your occupation. There is honor in working hard, or in your school for that matter. Uh, We have a number of students here today. Okay, you should be working hard. You should be known from others, amongst others, as a hard worker. When they say your name, somebody should say, oh yeah, that's a hard worker, that should be part of our identity as a believer, according to scriptures. Scriptures speak often about the importance of hard work. There is great honor in this. No question. I preached about that. Very important. I have to say that I love seeing my kids succeed. That's that's a blessing, you know, and, uh, and regardless of who you are or where you are or you know what what you're doing. Everybody's got different reasons and different things that give them little bits of joy. For me, it brings delight to my heart when I see my kids do well. I, for that matter, I love doing things for my kids. I love spending time with them. I love I love sharing new things and new experiences with them. Uh, I enjoy sharing with my kids, but it could be your friend. It could be your neighbor, it could be your in-laws, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just, it's just the principle here. I enjoy sharing with my kids some of the simple things in life that I've come to love. Simple things in life that I just have come to love. I'll give you an example, things like Les Miserables. I love Les Miserables, I really do. It's really, it's so, so good. Uh, If you've never seen it, you have to see it next time it comes to the Fox. Uh, It is, to me, a profoundly spiritual um, production. Very, very deeply spiritual with an incredibly spiritual uh, storyline. But I just love it. I love the music in it. It's just so beautiful, the message. and, And I love going to the theater, for that matter. It's fun to go to the theater Um, A few weeks ago, uh, we took our family to Cirque du Soleil, and uh, that was crazy fun. Man, how does people do that? I don't even understand, you know? Uh, I used to be uh, a contortionist acrobat, uh, and... (laughs) (laughs) You all laughing at me. That's not nice. I didn't say I was now. I said I used to be... You could have believed it for a second, come on. At least humored me for just like, yeah, maybe used to be, not now though, that's clear. No, yeah, no, no, okay, I never was. I did work in radio though, that was true, okay. (laughs) Uh, I love going to shows like that, they're so much fun. I love going to New York and Broadway and seeing some of the, some of them, you know, some of them are like, oi, 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 in uh, and, the and West End, in London. It's just, it's great. I love, I love sharing and, and uh, travel with my family. We, a lot of you know we've traveled. We traveled a lot. Robinson and I traveled an awful lot before the kids. And then we had kids, uh, and, and the travel stopped. Uh, and, and, then, and then the travel started again with Savannah, you know, it used to be back before kids, you know, it was all over the world, you know, Scotland, Hawaii, Alaska, South America, Israel. And then with the kids, Savannah, you know, Disney in Orlando, you know, whatever it was, you know, okay, I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying is, and, and so it changed, but I love, show, and now, okay, now we're traveling more. I, we love, tra- I love, tra- I love sharing with them uh, great music great music, and, you know, I've drummed with him plenty of times. And they're like, oh, Dad, oh, Dad. <sighs> little things like that. I just love it. I love sharing, and I, and I love experiencing them myself, not just sharing them with others, but I just love them myself. They, they bring me great joy, these small moments and these little things, or might be trips or experiences, even something as simple as, ladies and gentlemen a Philly cheesesteak. Man, oh man, right? Don't you feel like they got to have Philly cheesesteak in heaven? I think that they do. Uh, Wow, a Philly cheesesteak, a good Philly cheesesteak. When you are eating, see, you don't have to be wealthy. You eat a a good Philly cheesesteak and you, wow, that is, an, that is an experience, right? You just kind of pause for a moment and savor it and you know maybe close your eyes for a minute and think, wow, this is really, there's not much better than that, okay? Whatever it is, each of you in your lives have uh, your own things that you like or that are fun for you or that you enjoy or that are a blessing to you. My parents taught me many decades ago about an important word in life. The word is balance. It's not particularly original. But often, one of the ways that believers get off track is that they get out of balance. I'm talking about believers. Oftentimes, one of the ways that believers get off track is they get out of balance. It happens in, in so many different ways you can get out of balance. And let me tell you something, friends, illustratively. God is not about legalism. We have to look at the big picture because God clearly does. I know that the things I've said today have seemed scattered. They're all going to come together. Let's look at this passage from Ecclesiastes and explore the principles within Ecclesiastes chapter 5, please. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Bavakashah. Uh, okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 9, says this, written by the wisest man ever to live. A lover of money never has enough money. And a lover of wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is futile. When goods increase, so do those who consume them. So what advantage are they to the owner except he sees it with his eyes? See, this is the problem with too many people today, beloved, especially here in America. If one loves money, it's never enough. See, that's out of balance. That's out of balance. There's not a balance there. There's got to be a balance. A lot of you know that before I went into the rabbinate, I was uh, in the business world for many years, worked for Coca-Cola, AT&T, other places. I remember once when I was in the business world, I went to a lecture given by an entrepreneur I'll never forget this, I I heard this person give a lecture, and the person who spoke, it was not a particularly big crowd, it was maybe about as many people as in here, the person who was speaking was a billionaire. I didn't say millionaire, I said billionaire with a B like boy. Billionaire was speaking. And so everybody was hanging on his words, of course, every word, just listening to this to see what words of wisdom you might get from the entrepreneur billionaire. And I'm listening, and I'm, you know, a young business guy and I'm hearing. And when he was speaking, as he was speaking, he was speaking about lots of different things, and some things were interesting, and some things rejoice I was I was getting stuff from, and it was interesting. But then he he happened to mention kind of uh on the side of Bill Gates, of course, the founder of Microsoft. So he's he starts talking, oh we met with oh, this about a bit of Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft. And I'll never forget this. When he mentioned the name Bill Gates, he spontaneously said, oh, Bill Gates, I wish I had his money. <laughs> 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 and the crowd chuckled, much like you just did, because of of a little bit of the humor and the absurdity of it. But the the more I began thinking about it, and I just started thinking about that, and, and, and then the more I started thinking about it, the more it became tragic to me, what he said. Even as a side joke, how could those words come from this man's mouth? This was a billionaire. A billionaire. It was Ecclesiastes chapter five, straight up. Never enough. Never enough. Boy, I wish I had his money. A billionaire, just even the audacity. A lover of money never has enough money. A lover of wealth is never satisfied with his income. Interesting, isn't it? Boy, that made an impression on me. It taught me something, not what the guy was trying to teach me. (laughs) I learned something. In fact, it probably is something that helped me give that up to come into ministry, come to think about it. But what does the very, very next verse say in Ecclesiastes chapter 5? Here's what's interesting is that the wisest man in human history ever to live, according to the scripture, says, if you love money, you never have enough. If you love wealth, your income never grows up high enough. And it's futile. Other translations say it's vanity. But what's the very, very next verse? It's related. Verse 11. The sleep of the laborer is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the excess of the rich permits him no sleep. There is a grievous wrong that I have seen under the sun. Wealth hoarded by its owner to his own hurt. Golly, that's deep. Ooh, truth. And remember, (laughs) this is written by the wealthiest, wealthiest, wealthiest man ever. So he would know. He's saying it's a grievous wrong. It's a grievous wrong. But the sleep... Of a laborer is sweets. What an interesting perspective. What a dia- diametrically opposed to our society today perspective. What a, a perspective that's contrary to every single TV commercial you watch or <laughs> ad on the internet. See, friends. Here's the balance, here is the balance. We should work hard. We should work hard. You see, there is a balance to it. We should work very hard. It is an undoubtable biblical principle. At the same time, the focus of our life should not be about this. The old expression is true. Work to live, don't live to work. We have to have an eternal perspective. And also, honestly, brothers and sisters, we have to be able to enjoy life too. Because this is part of the will of the Lord also. It's not some kind of a a prosperity gospel message to say that God wants us to enjoy life. We have to value these special moments. We have to value them when we are eyes closed, lost in worship music, blaring over the speakers in a studio. We have to enjoy those moments. We have to cherish them. We have to treasure those moments and you're just sitting there, and you're just enjoying, and you're in the presence of God, or you're just having fun. You know, we have to enjoy those moments when we're at a Braves game with our family. <laughs> Boy, I remember growing up, when the Braves were losing 100 games a year, it was harder to enjoy those moments, but nonetheless, <laughs> they've been really good lately. Uh, so I didn't notice I didn't say a Hawks or a game of uh, Falcons. Listen, uh, the point is, it doesn't matter. Any of those games, the, whatever it is, we need to be able to enjoy those moments. If you get a chance to do something enjoyable and fun, that's a good thing. Treasure it. This is an important part of life, too. When you're able to travel maybe a little bit... But, the, but it's not always things that are very expensive. The older I get, the more I value a good night's sleep. <laughs> it, it really is true. How sad is that? Boy, all the kids from, from the visiting, they're like, oh, it's good night's sleep? What's he talking about? That's uh, something to appreciate. Yes, yes, my friends. When, when you, man, I tell you what, as time goes on, right? If you wake up and you've just had a really solid night's sleep. Oh, praise God, baruch hashem. Yes, right? <laughs> it's okay to treasure and enjoy that, but you should enjoy that moment. That costless moment. It didn't cost anything. It's just like, oh man, there's nothing like that when you when you wake up and you feel refreshed. Maybe you could sleep a little bit later. You got a good night's sleep and you're like, "Whoa!" Wow! That, how long did I sleep, man? That was really good, and you've been, I, I treasure that now much more than I, you know. And yes, and yes, enjoy when you can eat a good Philly cheesesteak. Oh yes, you got to really mm, value and enjoy these moments. I have a I have a good friend, uh, Mr. Shaftel, and when that guy eats, uh, it's like uh, it's like he's an art connoisseur or something. You know, he's. Mmm, yes, 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 yes. Yes, what does that mean? It's like he's evaluating art or something. He's like, oh, a little bit, oh, yeah, that's, hmm mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's like, Wow, that guy's really, you know, I, I'm munching it down, and he's like, uh, I don't even understand, Luke chapter 12. But he's doing it, though, right? I'm, I'm right about that, you know him. Uh, I'm right about that, Luke chapter 12. Listen, Yeshua told a parable about a rich man, And in this parable about the rich man on the surface, it seems to be a a real chastisement of of certain people. And in truth, it, it is. However, the larger point is one of great blessing and mercy. So again, what I'm trying to say is this, is that listen to this parable. And in this parable, you will find he's getting on the case of certain people. No question. So it sounds like he's wagging his finger a little bit. And there is that element to it. He's, he's given them some, some, some of the business. Okay, yeah. but then at the same time, at the core, what he's doing is something incredibly good for all of us. Let's see if we can walk through this parable together to understand what he's teaching us that I think can be ooh, amazing and freeing in our lives. Okay, here we are. Luke 12, verse 16 says, And Yeshua told them a parable, saying, The land of a certain rich man produced good crops. And he began thinking to himself, saying, What shall I do? I don't have a place to store my harvest. And he said, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, oh, so my soul, you have plenty of goods saved up for many years. So take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, tonight your soul is being demanded back from you. And what have you prepared? Whose will that be? So it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich in God. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so the charge here... It's to make sure your priorities are in the right place. And yes, the story certainly is critical of the rich man who always wants more, 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 more. And that's always focused on is more. No doubt, given you're absolutely right. But Yeshua is actually making a point here that leads to freedom if we get it. Why? Why do I say this? Why do I say that this, this mess, that this parable that seems like he's kind of coming down actually is a parable that is incredibly freeing for us to understand it? Let's read the very next verses to fully get the point he's trying to make. Okay, continuing, verse 22, Luke 12, 22, Then Yeshua said to his disciples, I say to you, do not worry about life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more, but more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they don't sow or reap, they have no storerooms or barns, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Friends, what Yeshua is saying here is that some go around worrying all the time. It's said that it's a Jewish gene. <laughs> we haven't extricated it from our genome yet. The worry gene. You know, they, they, when, they, when they test somebody, you know, they got all these DNA tests for, for backgrounds and all the ancestors and stuff and to see if you're Jewish. They only need to test the amount that you worry to see if you're Jewish, really, it's. <laughs> okay, so people, people, they worry all the time and they, they build up all these things more and more and I got to do more stories. I got to do this, that or the other. They want more and more. And what does it lead to? It leads to great stress, great stress. It leads to misplaced priorities. Yeshua here is freeing us not to worry, not to get caught up in the game. Don't get caught up in the game. Yes, we should work hard. No question. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you don't have to do any work at all. Just praise God all day. Hey, listen, you could do that if you want, but, but you'll be doing it after you're kicked out of your house on the street and under a, <laughs> under a bridge somewhere. Hey, praise God. Okay, good. Go for it. that's what you want. No, that's not what he's saying. You should work hard. We should work hard. But for what purpose? See, the bigger purpose, the kingdom of God. But think about the birds. They don't have much stress neither should we god provides for us but i don't have this but i don't have that but i don't have this but i don't have that thank you for bringing that up philippians chapter 4 please philippians chapter 4 mhm uh-huh i heard you i was reading your your mind right there Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a Doctor Who thing. Did you pick up on that, Ken? <laughs> you got that? <laughs> that was my... Oh, man. No, I, I can't read minds. That was a joke. Okay. What's the point here? Hey, listen to Rabbi Shaul. Think about this. After you've just talked about this. Oh, man. Boy, when this message all came together and I saw how it all interconnected, it was just like, psh, wow, this is so cool. And it's so encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to all of you. Listen to this. Listen to what Rabbi Shaul concludes. Philippians 4, 11. I am not saying this because I am in need for whatever, that I am in need for whatever circumstance I am in, I have learned to be content. I know what it is to live with humble means and I know what it is To live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the, listen to it, here it is, the secrets to contentment. The secret of contentment, both to be filled and to go hungry, to have abundance and to suffer Need. I can do all things through Messiah who strengthens me. Whoa, this is so, this is like one of those passages that if you get it, it's like, <clears throat> like some kind of a cool marble movie or something. I don't know. We have to learn to be content. Brothers and sisters, beloved, we have to learn to be content. In fact, Rabbi Shaul calls it a secret. Wow, how interesting is that? There is a secret of contentment. The, in the Greek, the word is memimea, memimea. The literal base of this word in Greek. When he says this secret of contentment, this, this phrase in Greek, the, the, the base of it, secret of contentment, literally means to shut the eyes and mouth. How interesting is that? In other words, sometimes just to stop and smell the roses. <laughs> It's the secret of contentment. Shut the eyes and and mouth. Just be quiet. Breathe in. You know? Be content. To enjoy wherever we are in life. How can we do this in the hard times? Paul answers the question. Oh, Paul explicitly answers the question because he specifically says, even when I got nothing really to eat, I can still, I've learned the secret to contentment. What? How what? I can do all things through Messiah who gives me strength. Man, that is is powerful. That is Deep. I'm going to say this lovingly. That's deeper than almost everybody here, almost all of us. We don't have that. Let's start to get that. Let's start to grasp that more in our own lives. Hey, listen, I include myself in that. Wow, we need to start understanding that more and more. It's not easy. This is why Rabbi Shaul calls it a secret. A secret implies that most people don't know the secret of contentment. And he also specifically says, if you read the text, that he has learned to be content. Learned. That means it's not intuitive. It means that you're not just like born and is like totally understand contentment. No, he says, I've learned to be content. There's an implication there that it's something that we have to to get that that doesn't come necessarily natural to us, that is an insight, that is a secret. It's not intuitive. In fact, on the contrary, it's not at all intuitive. We all should learn it. See, if we understand this, can you understand what Yeshua said then was actually freeing for us? When he was coming down on on this rich, ruler and this rich man who was building, building, building and all And it's like, man, his life's going to be taken from him. And then what was it all for? That's so the message of Ecclesiastes also. Well, what are you doing all this for if, 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 if there's no purpose? Again, this does not absolve us from the responsibility for working hard. That is part of it too. But when we work hard, we enjoy it and are content where we are at. See, and here's the paradox, and it's kind of interesting. This is a deep paradox. It makes intuitive sense that we struggle to be content when we are without, but we struggle just as much to be content when we have Wow, that's, that's a deep one right there. That's <laughs> Wow, well, that was memeable right there. The young people know what I mean. Uh, well, I'm going to say it again. It makes intuitive sense that we struggle to be content when we are without. Right? We're without. How can you be content if you're without? But the truth is we struggle just as much to be content when we have. People still struggle to be content. It doesn't matter. So, beloved, no matter what your status, this is something to work on. Maybe you're wealthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're well-spoken. Maybe you're successful. Maybe people like you but it's never enough. You never arrive. And you strive. And you stress all too much. This message is from God to you. Learn the secret of contentment. It can free you. It can take stress away from you. It can help you overcome random music that happens. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. You know what? There's forgiveness in the Lord. (laughs) See, but contentment can help you overcome depression, it can help you with anxiety. Perhaps, on the other hand, perhaps you felt inadequate. Perhaps you felt like a loser at times because of your place in life. Maybe you did not save money like some of your peers. Maybe you don't have as fancy an education. Maybe you have some broken relationships even in your life. Maybe you don't pray as eloquently as others. Perhaps your life has not gone exactly as you hoped it would. This message is from God to you. Learn the secret of contentment. It can free you. It can take stress away from you. It can help you overcome depression. It can help you with your anxiety. That's the amazing paradox. In either case, If you understand contentment in the Lord, then you'll better understand how much is enough. And by the way, how much is enough? Well, the title of my message is Enough is Enough. (laughs) let's bow our heads (laughs) I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah if you've never committed your life to the Lord but you'd like to today if that's you then I want to give you an opportunity to say a simple prayer committing your life to God if that's you and you've never said yes to Yeshua but you'd like to Raise your hand and we'll pray together if that's you. Is there anybody who's never done so but wants to commit their life to God? Hmm. Hmm. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to ask, if you're watching online and maybe you've never said that prayer, repeat this simple prayer after me and God will touch you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God. Forgive me my sins in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're in here, please see me after the service. I want to celebrate with you. If you're watching online, please send us an email or listening in podcast. Oh, I want to pray for the rest of us watching and listening and who are here in the congregation regarding, regarding contentment. And if you'll notice the paradox, and wow, when it all connected for me and I saw it, it was, it, was, it was amazing. I don't care if you have a lot or if you have a little. Everybody seems to have an issue with contentment. We all need to learn the secret of contentment. It doesn't absolve us from working hard. We have to, and we should. But still, there should be contentment in those moments where we give thanks to the Lord and where we just soak in His presence like we did earlier with the worship and and where we just enjoy the life that God has so graciously given us be content it just takes stress away lord i pray for each and every person here god i'm sure that there are people in here i believe there are people in here watching online who for whom this message was truly straight from you to them because they felt condemned or Upset, stressed, and anxious, depressed, tired, from striving. Lord, please help us all become more content. Let us learn. God, teach us, teach us, Abba Father, teach us the secret that you taught Rabbi Sha'ul, Paul the Shaliach, as to how to be content regardless of our circumstances. It doesn't mean that we're not, we don't have a lot going on and it's difficult when, when we're doing well, or it doesn't mean that it's not hard when we don't have anything, and when things are going difficult. They are. But still, nonetheless, as we continue to work hard and try our best, and that, that we're nonetheless learn the secret God, that you should, taught Paul. Paul to be content even in the midst of all that wow that's unbelievable help us Lord help us teach us God and you know I I really believe that so much of that is trusting in you if we trust in you oh Lord we'll be content because if things are going bad Lord we know what our future holds our future is eternally with you period end of sentence drop the mic if things are going well lord teach us god to just be content thank you O lord this is our humble prayer our humble request to you lord show us release us let us be released Thank you, Lord God. We love you with all of our hearts. We bless you, and we thank you, God, for teaching us your ways. We ask these things in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen and amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend.